Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. Thank you all for being with us today. And um, in case you're watching this later on, we are in the midst of um, another one of those pandemic resurgences, which we're kind of, um, we've kind of been through this now about, I don't know, the third time. And here's what I'm thankful for during that. I'm thankful that the doors of the church are open and that if you're able, that people have come to worship the Lord together. More than ever, we need this togetherness. And so um, I know some who are have uh, cold symptoms, we've said, hey, if you have cold symptoms, just don't come till you can be get a test to make sure it's not COVID. Um, and I know some uh, have done that uh, even this week. And uh, so we're glad that you're COVID-free. And others uh, found out they weren't COVID-free. So we're glad that they stayed home. So we do have um, a policy here on that. So we want, I mean, I myself, I want to be here if I can be here. And, if, and, uh, and, and I don't want to pass anything on but blessings, okay? <laughs> I don't want to pass on a cold, flu, pandemic, anything else, okay? But we are so, so, so glad that you are here. So this is the life that we're living in 2021. And God is faithful even in 2021. Do you know that? He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. So um, he's promised to be with us even when, well, everybody else deserts us. He said he would be with us closer than a brother. But I want to welcome you to the light in Kent. That's if you're watching through our um, streaming service, through Facebook. Hopefully that's working today. We've had some internet problems. Uh, and if not, you might be watching us through uh, the YouTube service and if so we just welcome you to uh, join us today and uh, I invite you you know I, th I thank you for joining us any way you can some here today and others through the streaming I appreciate it so much we all do but uh, if you can come by and be with us I'm telling you this is a wonderful wonderful group of people that love Jesus and you will be loved the minute you walk through these doors you'll know it you know, there'll be some people that just, um, we have some loving specialists here. Can I say that? We have love specialists here who just know how to love. And they love better than I love. They, they just, they're love specialists. And so they will get you when you come in the door and let you know that you are welcome here. Well, we are working through and we're on the last week of a series called Breakthrough. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? I love the graphic that was created for this, and I appreciate those who put so much time into that. And this graphic is, you know, it's this rock, this hard thing, you know, and I don't know if you've, I was uh, helping somebody out yesterday in their yard, and um, we had a trimmer out there, didn't we, Don? We had a couple of those trimmers that you trim the lawn with. And this lawn had not been trimmed in a while in the way that Don and I like to manicure a lawn. 
So we decided, you know, how it grows over the sidewalk. The grass grows over the sidewalk and it encroaches. That's my word. And it's like, it's my job to tell it, go back to the lawn. So I got the trimmer out there and we're doing that. But we hit some places that were remarkable. In just a short period of time, in a few months, that thing had taken over the middle of the sidewalk. It was like a tree planted by the water. I mean, it was hard to get out. We had to bring in the gas-powered one for that. The, the, and I, I took control of that because, you know, I like tools. Ha, ha, ha. So, yeah. <laughs> so, anyhow, I love that graphic because, like that grass, it comes up through the middle of the sidewalk. Somehow, I mean, you got all this area you could grow, but you pick to grow between. And grass is so powerful. Any plants are powerful. They can crack sidewalks. They can cause damage. And they're softer than the concrete, but yet they could come up between there like that. And that's what that graphic showed. This seed underneath this rock, and then it sprouts up through there and just cracks the rock, and there's even a sound effect there. Well, that's breakthrough. It's when... We're in a place that we think, this is hard. How are we going to make it? All the odds are against us. And yet, God says, hey, I am the power within you. My Holy Spirit can give you a breakthrough. And we decided in week one that living powerlessly, mediocre lives is not the way Christians should be living, right? We agreed on that. If you were here said, what good is it to be spirit-filled and yet to live a powerless life? One that we're not challenging our faith at all. We're not trusting God. And we decided that pressing through is what we need to do. When things are tough, we need to press through and do whatever it takes and keep our eyes on the goal that God has given us. And then last week, we were talking about getting total victory. And we focused on this guy, Naaman who, in order for him to be completely healed of leprosy, he had to go and totally obey the words of the prophet. He had to dip seven times in the Jordan River in order to be healed of leprosy. And until he totally obeyed God, he did not get total victory. So obedience is the way to total victory, obeying God. But today I want to talk about something Oaks of righteousness is what I want to talk about. Oaks of righteousness. And it's a term in the Bible that showed up when we started this church. And we had a group of young people from Malone College and others from surrounding uh, universities that came and helped us get this ministry started here in Kent, Ohio. And being just a quarter mile off the campus, we decided that there was a great mission field. There was, we found out that 80% of Christian students that come to a secular university, at the end of four years, they do not have an active faith in the church or in Jesus Christ. 80% failure rate, guys. And so we said, hey, that's our mission, is to be here to encourage college students. One of our missions was to encourage college students on the campus and young people maybe in the community around the campus. And so Malone sent a bunch of students up and helped us get started, uh, the group in Malone rather, not the college. 
And the ministry down there called MUHOP, which is, I think, Malone University House of Prayer, they, were, they sent us all these students, and there was a prophecy given by one of the students. And it had to do with the scripture that we're going to look at today about being oaks of righteousness. So from the start of this church, that's been God instructed us to develop oaks of righteousness, that we would be oaks of righteousness. And, you know, I appreciated that scripture, and I liked it, and I thought I knew what it meant, but I never really studied it until lately. And I went into that to find out, and I said, this is part of our breakthrough here, because we need to look at this and apply this to our lives. Because I'm going to tell you what, I believe these are the end times. Now, you know you've heard this before. But as the way I feel, I feel such incredible pressure from this world. And maybe it's been here before. And if so, I could be wrong. But I believe that these are the end times because in our country, now in other countries, this has already happened long ago. But in the United States, I think there's been this this huge shift, a spiritual shift in our country. I don't know if you felt the same thing. At least in the last, let's say, 10 years especially. Funny thing is, it didn't start 10 years ago. It didn't start five years ago. It started long before that. And see, our country's founding fathers believed in a righteous God. That he had led them to this land. This land that was mostly undiscovered except for the native of uh, Americans that lived here that they called Indians. And this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. What does that mean? The laws, the Constitution, uh, the Federalist Papers, everything was drawn up with their belief in the Word of God as being the divine Word of God, divinely inspired, given to men, that it is something that should rule our lives. Our lives should line up with the Word of God. That's the kind of men that wrote the laws and the regulations that form our country today, okay? Now, it's all still there. We still have the Constitution. We still have the papers. We still have everything that we've had. And we even have amendments and all kinds of things that have done, been made to that and laws that have been written. So why is there, how has there been this shift? Because we're ignoring these things. We're just ignoring them. We're just, we're acting like they don't really count. That they don't apply to us anymore. That there's a better way. That we need to reinvent ourselves. And I'm going to tell you, this is a country, I really believe that God had his hand on this country being what it is to, what it has been ever since its founding. We've seen some great spiritual revivals. Now, there's been revivals throughout the world, but there have also been some great spiritual revivals. Azusa Street, Brownsville, the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, Billy Graham, the great revival in Los Angeles, you know, the tent revival where uh, many, many were saved there. There were gangsters and movie stars and, and singers and people that were famous that were saved there in that tent in Los Angeles. It was incredible. 
And their influence went through the country. And, and in New York City, the same thing. And, and then the organizations, the Christian organizations that have formed in the United States that have sent out missionaries around the world to places that may not have heard the gospel any other way except for these American missionaries. They've covered the planet. But I'm going to tell you, there are enemies of the gospel and this country. And slowly and quietly, they've infiltrated the government, our education systems, the media outlets. And that's where the shift has taken place. And it wasn't done with gunshots. It wasn't done with, um, you know, a war. But they decided long ago those who wanted to change things here in America, they decided the way to do this would be quietly and subversively. They would do it without really anybody knowing. They would just kind of make changes here, make changes there, and people were asleep at the wheel. And there's been this shift over time away from the original values and principles. So when we wake up every morning and we look at the news and we see things we don't like, we go, how did this happen? It happened slowly over time, then all at once. It happened slowly over a long period of time, and then all at once. In 1976, how many were even alive in 1976? Okay, <laughs> I was fully alive. 1976, author Francis Schaeffer wrote a book addressing this shift. So even back then, we were recognized recognizing this shift. He writes, there is a flow to history and culture. This flow is rooted in what people think. And what they think will determine how they act. There is violence and breakdown in society to the point where it's unsafe to walk through the streets of many cities in the world. And on the other hand, there is a danger of increasing authoritarianism to meet the threat of chaos in our own country and internationally. Should we despair and give in? If not, how shall we then live? And that was the name of his book, How Shall We Then Live? If you, if you want to see more on that, you can still order his book or you can go on YouTube or Vimeo and the 10-part uh, film series with him on, in, in the film um, is very well done even at 1976 standards. And um, you might want to check that out on, on Vimeo or YouTube, How Shall We Then Live by Francis Schaeffer. So the prophet Isaiah, though, really answers the question to Francis Schaeffer that Francis Schaeffer is posing, How Shall We Then Live? Let's go to Isaiah 61.3, and this is where we're going to find that term, Oaks of Righteousness. Isaiah 61.3 says, And provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So Isaiah is prophesying a coming Messiah who will replace mourning with oil of gladness. That's good, isn't it? How many feel like in your spirit 
you mourn sometimes when you see the sin and the debauchery and everything else that just seems to have taken over our country. Don't you just mourn sometimes? Doesn't that make your heart heavy and sad? He said he would replace a faint spirit with a garment of praise. This would be so that those who mourn may be called oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So why were they mourning? Now remember, this is a past tense thing in Isaiah. It's not talking about us today necessarily. But let's just look at what was happening there. What what were they mourning? See if this sounds familiar to you. They were mourning the decline, not so much of society, but of God's people. Society, our world, our, our government, whatever happens, guys, we may or may not have any control over that, okay? But what they were mourning, and, and it's sad to see some of the things change, of course, but what they were mourning was the decline of God's people. The decline, the spiritual decline of God's people. Here's what was going on. Corruption of doctrine. Is that happening today? Yeah. Corruption of doctrine. Perversion, neglect, and abuse of the ordinances. Twisted interpretation and the use of grace and God's power. God told me. (laughs) How many times did you hear that right before the election? God, thus saith the Lord. Hello, it didn't happen. (laughs) See, these are some of the very same things that were taking place then. People acting, speaking for God when they really weren't hearing from God. And there was few conversions. Spiritually, they weren't growing. There was lukewarmness of teachers and preachers. They weren't passionate anymore. They just had a job. Leaders that were... Church leaders, spiritual leaders with unbecoming lives and conversations. This period of mourning, though, good news, is just a season. It's just a season. It's not going to last forever. He says in this scripture to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So he's saying, I know you've got, you're just in the ash heap right now. You're, you're mourning. This is what they would do, remember? When, they would, when somebody would die, when something happened and they lost somebody in their lives, what would they do? One of the things is they would rip their clothing. They would put ashes on them, make themselves dirty. He said, I'm going to give you a crown of beauty. No more torn government uh, garment, no, no more ashes. A crown of beauty. And the oil of joy. The oil of joy. You know, that was something that they used to do, is they would uh, pour oil. They would, they would take fragrant oil and put it on their heads when they were going to go to a celebration. We do that today. It's called cologne. Right? It's that smell good stuff. Back here, you know. And they would put that on their heads. And we have oil here. What has it got? Myrrh in it, I think. 
And boy, when you get anointed with that, you'll smell it all afternoon. It hangs with you. And you see, they would put that on there. And just quite frankly, they didn't have some of the stuff we have today, like deodorant. So you go to a party and you hang out for a few days. After a while, it gets a little pungent. So you got this oil on you, you know, kind of makes you keep smelling good. You know, so you walk around like this at the third day, probably. I don't know. The oil of joy instead of mourning, though, a fragrance coming from you. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. See, garments were part of their inheritance. Garments were important to them. It was, it was a part of your bank account, the garments that you have. And so the more that you had, the cooler that they were, the nicer that they were, meant you were rich. And he's saying, you're going to have a garment of praise instead of despair. And see, by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he is saying he will put comfort in the hearts of those that are mourning this decline. Not mourning that things are tough. Not mourning that it's not going the way that they want. Not mourning that the wrong person got into the White House or the right person got in or whatever. Not mourning these, these superficial, temporary things. But those who are mourning the spiritual decline, those people, he said, I'm going to restore like you wouldn't believe into your life. It's not going to last forever. See, this prophecy is declaring that the Lord has appointed a time. Are you hearing this? Now, we, we see this right now. We see the church in decline. We see churches changing over to social justice gospels. Okay, we're going to preach social justice instead of the justice of God. Okay, instead of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. So they substituting it. And you don't need the church if you're going to preach social justice. Okay, you don't need that. There's enough preaching of social justice out there. So what is the church doing if it's not spreading the gospel? So whenever we replace this anointed word of God with some other word, trouble. And that's what we're seeing today. And he's saying, but this is only for a time. It's just for a season. And I will fix these things and I will have mercy on my people. And he will give beauty for ashes. How many are ready for beauty for ashes? Yeah. Then it says they, God's people, will be called oaks of righteousness. And I'm interested in that. Oaks of right, you know, all God's going to restore. You know, we may be mourning now, but God's going to do something great. He's going to change. He's going to change the situation somehow. He's going to do what he does eventually if we're faithful. So how does that make us oaks of righteousness? What is the meaning? You see, first of all, I look at oaks and they're hardy trees, aren't they? With a deep root system. When we were in on vacation in South Carolina, as we were coming on to Kiowa Island, it's the most amazing drive you'll ever have in your life in a car. There's only one way in the island and one way off, and it's just one road. And as you come in, these oaks that have been there for hundreds of years with Spanish moss hanging down, it's just beautiful. My headlights would come on and go off and come on and go off. It was like a tunnel of trees. And you would drive under there and the, the sun is beating down there. You're out on this island. And the sun is beating down and all of a sudden 
it was so much cooler and, and damp and stuff. And we went and saw the angel tree, which is 400 years old, they think. It's the biggest tree I've ever seen in my life. You know, it grew up and then it goes down. It's a big oak tree. And it grew so heavy that the limbs touched the ground and then they're growing back up. It's amazing. We got there five minutes before closing and we didn't get to actually touch it, but we looked through the fence. Does that count? I think so. Okay. But those trees survive hurricanes, guys. They, they're there. They survive because they're strong. And I, that's oaks of righteousness. People that are strong, they have a deep system of roots anchoring them securely. You might lose a branch. You may lose a limb. But you're, not gonna, you're still going to be there. And you're going to heal and you're going to keep growing through all these seasons of hardship and the storms that we have in our life. It hurts. It's not what we want. Another thing, besides being strong... And sturdy is that oaks, these oaks, I believe they're talking about is evergreen oaks, evergreen oaks. Now, when I lived in Florida, we had those same oak trees that we had that we saw in South Carolina. And they got the they have pin oaks and different ones. And they, and they have these tiny little leaves that are such a nuisance because the tree never loses all of its leaves. It just continually loses these leaves about that big. And you have to clean them constantly. It's just like, yes, but we're not shoveling snow down there, were we? <laughs> no, we weren't. You have to remind yourself as you're doing this, it isn't this, right? They're evergreen oaks. And Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is talking about those who trust in the Lord as evergreen trees. Listen to what he says in Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So even when there's no rain, even when the sun is just beating down, these trees remain green because they're not surface roots, they're deep roots. And Psalm 1 verse 3 says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, In all that he does he prospers. So let's go back to Isaiah 61.3. The Jews may have applied oaks of righteousness when they heard this from the prophet. They may have applied it as, we will have a sturdy righteousness. Able to withstand the tests of time and weather and hardship and pestilence and whatever comes our way. And if they're thinking of a tree, they're thinking of the roots of our righteousness that are found in God. They're going to be expansive and they will secure us against all storms and Trees grow, don't they? I talked about the angel tree growing and growing and growing and growing. We will rise toward the light of God then, just like a tree, just like an oak tree, as we grow ever closer to our home in him. So we know that this is not just meant for the Jewish people now. We've talked about how the Jews could view this, but this passage references somebody. It says, to those who mourn in Zion. 
Because some people say, well, this is just meant, this is the Old Testament, this was just meant for those people then. It says, to those who mourn in Zion. You see, the Messiah came, Jesus came, not just for the Jews, right? We know this from the New Testament. There is scripture, there is things Jesus said, that Paul said, that the disciples said, that tells us, that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, our Messiah, didn't just come for the Jews. But for anybody who looked to Christ in salvation. And so this promise here, this promise in the Old Testament of comfort and calling to be oaks of righteousness is for anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. That's you and me, right? And our mourning or lament over sin is now... We know that it's just a season. Guys, we have to hang in there. We have to trust God because we know that he's promised this is not going to last forever. This is a period of time. And he knows exactly how he's going to handle it, when he's going to handle it. And he's going to replace the feelings that we have now with the oil of gladness. With the garment of praise because of Jesus Christ. So through the righteousness of Christ, through the righteousness of Christ, we become like oaks of righteousness. So let me close this out by saying three ways to be an oaks of righteousness for the Lord. Now I want to credit somebody, Lori Stanley Roloveld, okay? Don't know her, but I like this outline that she gave here on three ways that we become oaks of righteousness. First of all, all of our righteousness comes by entering into a saving relationship with God. No other way. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him, Jesus Christ, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become what? The righteousness of of God. There it is. See? The oaks of righteousness. How do we become righteous? Through Jesus Christ. And you see, God is wholly righteous. There's no sin. And to be in his presence, we can't come with any sin. So how do we come before God? Through the righteousness of Christ. And yet, even though we're not perfect, we know that we've made mistakes. Even if we think we're perfect, go back to Adam and Eve where the original sin was. You, in, you inherited this sin from Adam and Eve because you are a human. So you are so full of sin, you don't even know you're a sinner. And But because Jesus died on a what? Tree. The Bible calls it a tree. We're back to that again. He secured our salvation and he gave us righteousness. See, righteousness is central to our faith because it's central to who God is. I'm a good person. Not, I do good things. I'm just trying to get do enough good things that when I die, I hope I get into heaven. Good luck with that. That is not God's plan. It's that he will only allow the righteous to be in eternity with him. And there's only one way to receive that righteousness. And see, God, he, he is all-powerful, but he's also all-righteous. God loves justice. He's fair. He's not some mythical God who changes his mind, and he's whimsical, and 
and and he's unfair and selfish and does things that just to please him. We serve a God of integrity, goodness, and life who is righteousness itself. So as followers of Christ, we become the righteousness of Christ only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We become just as righteous. We know that Jesus is without sin, right? We know that he's perfect. So we actually inherit, receive as children of God when we accept Jesus Christ, we receive that. Second thing is we delight in God's word. This is how we become oaks of righteousness. Receive Christ, receive his righteousness, and then we delight in God's word. The psalmist said in, in Psalm, uh, Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 through 3, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with, in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in what? The law of the Lord. That's right. And who meditates on his law day and night. And that person is what? Like a, here we are again. We're back to the tree. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So root your life in the word of God. Root your life in the truth. Read it. Study it. Believe it. Put the word into practice. See, this is how you deepen your roots. Gain, this is by gaining understanding. And this is something that came to me. I actually just wrote this down this morning. I was looking over my notes, and this, just, this, this thing came into my head. That the word teaches God's character. Okay, And we may not understand what he does, but we trust him because we realize who he is. See, we may not trust, we may not be able to understand what God is doing. Sometimes we just go, what? What's going on in my life? What's happening here? But we can trust who he is. It's not what he does that will tell you much. It's who he is. And that's where we find it, in the word of God. Because the word is our bread of life. And it's how we grow and we provide shade. As we grow, did you realize we provide shade for others, not on others? I know what that means today, okay? We're not throwing shade, we're providing shade, okay? Big difference. And like a tree, we have a sap, which is the spirit of grace in us and through us that others can benefit from. And it also provides life to, for us. And, the, there's, and every tree has a fruit of some kind. And the fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Self-control. Why is that one last? Self-control. All those things can be wrapped up in two words. Good works. Those are good works. We think of good works as doing nice things for people. Doing nice things for people, guys, is the result of the fruit of the Spirit. Why do you even want to do good things? When I tell people what our church does for people in the community, they sometimes look at me and go, why do you do that? And I say, because God 
God loves us and we just love other people. And this is how we can show love. And they go, hmm, that's cool. So we all live imperfect. We make mistakes, okay? But as we mature in Christ, we rely on the Holy Spirit. And then we begin to live more obediently every day. And that's how we delight in God's word. We obey it. Delighting in God's word is not going, hey, Warren, this is cool. Read this. Let's make a T-shirt out of that. Okay, let's make a bumper. That is not so much delighting. Here's how you delight in God's word. You live it. You do it. You try it. You test it. Okay, that's delighting in God's word. And then the last thing that she wrote was, finally, we trust in the Lord Jesus. Trusting in the Lord Jesus. Isaiah 61.3 says that he will transform our mourning. We can be transformers by allowing the Holy Spirit to transform our mourning. So mourning is a part of the process to get the good stuff. Do you hear what I'm saying? Did that compute in your mind? That mourning is sometimes part of the process to get to the good stuff. Because he said... We would, have, we would be in ashes and he would transform it to a crown of beauty. We would be mourning and he'd give us, he would turn it into oil of gladness. How in the world does that work? Again, I go back to one of my favorite theologians, Garth Brooks. <laughs> and he has that song about thank God for unanswered prayer. Because how many times have you cried and wept and begged God for something and then years later you went, Phew, Thank God he didn't do what I asked him to do. Thank God it turned out this way. Because God's ways are better than my ways. And he says, instead of a spirit of despair, when is this ever going to end? There's no hope. Instead of that, he would transform that into a garment of praise. God, you're so good all the time. God is good. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. See? That's a garment of praise. That's why at the end of our services, we sing the goodness of God. Because we've been through stuff and we're going through stuff now, but we know there's a promise of his goodness that never, never fails us. And it doesn't come about because of what we do, by the way. You can't be good enough. It comes because of who he is. It's not because of what you do or don't do. It's because of him. And it comes because he says it's going to happen. And it comes because he promises it, then it's going to happen in your life. And I, we look at the scripture. This is promised to you. This is promised to me. This is promised to the church. And we may, we, I'm going to go back to what I wrote this morning. We may not understand what he does. But we trust him because we realize who he is. Okay? And we may see and experience things that cause fear and confusion. I don't know how this is going to end. But we will be called oaks of righteousness. That's how it ends. That's how it ends, everybody. Oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, like trees that are well planted, whose root is in Christ, whose sap is the Spirit and his of his grace and whose fruit is good works love joy peace self control remember the last one 
good works, fruits of righteousness, giving God glory for his righteousness working in us. So to answer Francis Schaeffer, how we then live, this is how we should live. This is how we should live. Because this is really good breakthrough information. This is not fantastic. This will not sell, you know, books or CD series or anything like that. Because it's just not fantastic enough. It's just real. It's just found in the word of God. You've got it if you've got those 66 books. You don't need another book. You can go find this yourself and read it. The fact is you may not like what's happening in your life. And you may be fearful, confused, feeling despair. You may even feel like the enemy's winning right now. But you don't have to worry because God is never late. He may scare us to death sometimes. But he is an on-time God. I believe that. I'm not just saying that. I really believe that. And his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. His plans are better than our plans. So I have a question. Won't you trust him? If that's true, what I just said, and you might have been nodding your head, you might have been saying amen. So then the question is, are you trusting him today? And if not, won't you trust him today? And the way we do that is trust him with your life. Turn your life over to him. I would be fearful today. I would be scared to death today if it weren't for my relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I'd say, what hope do we have? It is spiraling out of control. It's actually spiraling into control. That's the problem. Into the control of some of the wrong ways and wrong people. So how do I live? How should I then live? I can only live through the grace of Jesus Christ, having a relationship with him, because he's provided every single thing that we need through his son, Jesus. God has provided everything through Jesus Christ. So if you've never confessed your need for salvation, if you've never prayed to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the righteousness of God is for you. And it's available today. And I encourage you to do that right now. In fact, I'm, I'm concerned if you don't. Because I think it's going to be harder, um, probably impossible as the days go on, to live a righteous life, to, ri- to live a life that doesn't spiral out of control without Jesus Christ without living obediently, without reading his word, without following him. So if you've entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, then I think you should thank him right now. I think right now you should be thanking him for dying for you and becoming the righteousness of God on your behalf. Let's take a moment and do that. Father, we we give you praise and thanks that even though we complain and even though our blood pressure goes up and even though we, we get all excited about stuff that's going on right now that we don't understand 
Now, we don't feel victorious. We don't feel like there's breakthrough in our life. You've actually promised that we don't have to do a lot. We don't have to be some hero of the faith. We don't have to uh, go out and do great exploits. We just, we just need to accept Jesus Christ, His righteousness. We just need to be people of the Word. And we just need to trust you, live according to the Word. And not question that. We know that you have a plan for us, God. So we just thank you, Lord, that this plan is for us to be oaks of righteousness. One day, people will look at us in a different way. Right now, they just ignore us. Right now, they just they disparage us in so many ways. But there's going to come a day, the Bible says, that people will look at us. I don't know who that's going to be, but they'll say, that's a planting of the Lord. God must, that has to be a God thing. Their life has to be a God thing because there's no way they would have survived. There's no way they could have, be. The, they, there's no way they could be the person they are today except for God, except for the grace of God. So we thank you in advance. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. And God, help us to live surrendered, obedient lives to you. With the promise, we will become oaks of righteousness. So, if this is something that you need to do in your own life, and I'm speaking to anybody here or anybody watching at any time, our streaming service, I want to encourage you, don't wait another day. It is not going to get easier. It's not going to get better. It's time to accept Jesus Christ. And the Bible does say that today is the day of salvation. So we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know where we're going to be, if we're even going to exist. We don't know. So let me encourage you to receive Jesus Christ today and ask him into your life to be the Lord of your life. So the way that we do that, we start that off with a prayer of commitment. It's almost like a wedding ceremony. You know, you you make these vows, but then you have to live them out. And there's a lot of growth and there's a lot of ups and downs in a married life. Doesn't mean that we don't love that other person. It just means it's things we have to work out. This is the vows that you would take before God to love him, to love his son, and to reject your old life, the old way of living. So I want to encourage you, strongly encourage you to do that right now. And we're all going to pray with you. I'm going to ask everybody here and everybody watching, would you pray this prayer? We'll put it up on the slide here so that you can pray it together. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone here who's prayed that prayer. And for anybody that we don't know of, 
listen, we would like to help you. And there's, if you reach out to us through our website, if you reach out to us through Facebook, uh, a message, you can send an email, you can um, do an instant message, however you want to reach out to us. We will provide resources and do everything that we can to help you grow and to survive some of these ups and downs that come as we walk in Christ because we have an enemy that tries to stop us from this. And uh, But the Bible says we're victorious because of Jesus Christ. Sometimes, though, we need others around us to really help us grow and encourage us. So um, we're here to do that for you if you're long distance. And if you are within driving distance, we encourage you come and meet us. And um, we would like to uh, help you out. We have a men's Bible study that the men can come to. I think uh, there's, there's other things that, um, you know, we can provide for you, self-study, that might be helpful. So we encourage you to uh, take advantage of that. Thank you so much, though. If you wouldn't mind um, leaving a comment, like the video, share it, uh, follow us, any of the above, all the above. It'd be a great help to us in spreading the word on our videos. We appreciate that so much. But God bless you. And uh, we'll, if you'll send us a message, let us know. We'll be praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightinkent.com or message us on Facebook.